The reading is from Matthew, chapter 9, verses 1 to 8. Jesus forgives and heals the paralyzed man. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, <clears throat> excuse me. Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, "This fellow is blaspheming." Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, "Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk?" But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When Corrie ten Boom held out her hand to the guard who had treated her dying sister so brutally in a concentration camp, it was the most powerful act of forgiveness, which she says she could only do because she knew in her own heart and mind that she was loved, she was forgiven, and that she had the power of the Spirit on her side. It was an incredible moment. Corrie ten Boom was Dutch, and her family helped Jews escape from the Nazi Holocaust in World War II. It's believed they saved around 800 lives. Their house became a refuge as they hid Jews in a tiny secret room above the watch shop. Their faith in God was everything. The Germans found out and Corrie and her sister Betsy were sent to the Ravensbrück concentration camp near Berlin. Betsy died there and Corrie was released just 12 days after her sister's death. Many, many years later, she had an encounter that tested her faith to the limit. A man came up to her, a man she recognized with horror to be the guard who had been so cruel towards her sister and many others. This guard had become a Christian and had prayed for the chance to seek forgiveness in person. Will you forgive me? He said, looking right into Corrie's eyes. But she could not. She remembered the brutality of her sister's death. She remembered her family and she could not forgive. Her whole family had been imprisoned and had suffered cruelly at Nazi hands. 
Then as she called out to God, a verse came to her, Romans 5, 5. And in an instant, she understood with new insight that love comes from God and that just as his love was poured out for us, that we are able to do the same. Forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel, the forgiveness that brings reconciliation. And it was out of this deep knowledge and understanding that with the help of the Spirit, she held out her hand. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. It says in Romans 5, 8, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Humanity's greatest need is to be reconciled to God, writes Tim Chester in his book on the Creed. And it's this reconciliation through the atoning work of Jesus Christ that is at the very heart of this crucial phrase in the Creed. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Well, do I? Do I really? In our reading today, we've just encountered Jesus meeting a paralyzed man. Jesus doesn't ask what happened or how the man's feeling or if he wants anything to eat or drink. He simply says, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. I would imagine that those who brought him to the miracle maker were also a little bit perplexed. Uh, yes, and uh, what about the healing? Yet what Jesus is doing here is showing his authority to forgive sins before he goes on to heal. Forgiveness is powerful stuff. Now, I don't know how you feel about new words being added to the dictionary. Lip balm and chapstick are two that were added this year, two of my personal favorites, having spent an awful long time <laughs> looking at the words that are added. Well, William Tyndale added a new word to the dictionary back in the early 1500s, the word atonement, which has a very old-fashioned feel to it now, doesn't it? Well, he invented it when he was translating the New Testament into English in the early 1500s because there was no word for reconciliation. Atonement literally means at-one-ment, if you break down the word atonement, at-one-ment. It really means all that happened on the cross when Jesus Christ changed the world forever. God had created a beautiful and ordered world which had fallen into disorder. It wasn't how it was meant to be, and something had to be done. So the same God, the creator, steps in, acts to renew, to reconcile, to allow things to be different. It's a huge act of transformation and a costly one. Yet it means for us this open path to the Father. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing, says Jesus on the cross. He believes in the forgiveness of sins. 
as Corrie ten Boom's actions illustrate, it's when we fully understand and know God's forgiveness that out of love and my goodness, with the help of the Spirit, we in turn can forgive. Well, forgiveness can be big or small, can't it? It can be a huge moment or a simple thing, and either way, it changes the situation. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. These familiar words of the Lord's Prayer, like the creed, we recite them without stopping to think or feel the full impact of them. So my little illustration for the day, where's the camera? I think of forgiveness as a 50p piece. There are two sides to it and many facets. So the first side to me, with my face on it, is when I'm forgiven. A painful yet freeing process where I come quietly before the Lord or someone else and ask to be forgiven. Then there's the other side where I can forgive someone else for hurt or harm. Sometimes too hard. Corrie ten Boom just said, can't do it. Yet, I know that if I don't forgive, there's a root of bitterness that I allow to grow in me. Again, this ability to forgive is through the entire work of the Spirit. We can't do this on our own. Oh, yes, and then the facets round the side, are, to me, represent the cycle of forgiveness. So, uh, Jesus said, keep forgiving, keep going. 70 times 7, which basically means infinity. Just keep going. And it's this forgiveness that allows us the free access to the Father. The temple curtain was torn into this massive block and allowing us to go through to the Holy of Holies because that price of sin has been paid. I just want to reflect for a very brief moment on uh, what we think of when we say sin, because it's not really a popular word, and it's not really a word that we use every day. In fact, back to the Oxford English Dictionary, and it was removed from the junior Oxford Dictionary in 2008. Um, The reason being because it has fallen into disuse and is not recognized by the younger generation. Well, let's be honest, I don't think we really sin in Winchester anyway, do we? Well, of course, well, there is the prison, but surely that's crime. You know, I mean, probably a bit of sin, but, but crime mainly. Well, what we're talking about today is anything that gets in the way of our relationship with God or our relationship with anyone else. But mainly through this atoning work of the cross, it's what is blocking our relationship with God. Forgiveness unblocks these obstacles in the road. It clears the way and makes the way clear for reconciliation. Uh, It seemed to me no coincidence that F.W. de Klerk died on Armistice Day just 10 days ago. His forgiveness and reconciliation paved the way for Nelson Mandela's release, who in turn forgave and brought about a new nation. He believed in the forgiveness of sins. I wonder, even if we don't forget God's forgiveness, 
that we might remain paralyzed, but that is a whole nother avenue that we're not going down today. So this is, I'm not saying that any of this is easy. And to be able to write this, I've spent <laughs> a good few weeks sorting out a lot of, of stuff and some, there's been a lot of weeding that I've needed to do. Because sin hurts and sin leaves scars. But there is healing underneath. I mean, even Jesus has got scars. Perhaps, though, we should hold out our hands, just like Corrie ten Boom. Just think, if we really did live like this, receiving fully God's forgiveness, take heart, your sins are forgiven. And then we follow Jesus' repeated, repeated plea to forgive others in turn. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Life could be very different. But again, this work of forgiveness is through the Holy Spirit. It's not us. Corrie ten Boom was only able to forgive because she knew her own forgiveness through Jesus' work on the cross. And I wonder this morning if we are willing to be open to these words of the creed and let the Spirit work powerfully in us as we say them, we believe in the forgiveness of sins.